This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Wednesday Kings Kingsmeadow, the show that has just about got over Sunday's late, late showing. Uh, when City took the lead just six minutes into the game, it felt like a repeat of last season's trip to City was on the cards. However, the game was turned on its head when referee Emily Heaslip sent off City captain Lance Greenwood in the 37th minute for taking 26 seconds to take a free kick. Chelsea took control of possession, tried to force the issue, but struggled to really test Kira Keating in the City goal. Then 10 minutes before full-time, Lauren Hemp earned the second yellow for bringing down Lauren James. Chelsea had 10 minutes plus stoppage time, which was 8 minutes minimum, to at least draw the game, with two extra players losing this game would have been criminal. Still, as much as Chelsea huffed and puffed, City's house would not blow down until a corner deep into injury time ended in a goal-mouse scramble that Guru Wrighton thankfully squeezed over the line. A late Sam Kerr header hit the post, but City probably deserved to walk away from this game with at least a point, but just as we should be delighted to earn one, as this was not a vintage Chelsea performance. But yet, Chelsea found a way, a late, late show that even James Warner would have been proud of. Uh, and the title of the show tonight, but to make Kings Mellow episode number 107, is Late Joy Stadium. Because they're called the Joy Stadium. Get it? No. <laughs> no? Bad. Okay. Well, there we are. Uh, anyway, thankfully it's not just me and bad jokes. Uh, one of my co-hosts has arrived for the season. Mr. Dane Whittle. Dane, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, good. It's been a minute, hasn't it? I've... No, no, uh, we haven't been talking much, so I didn't know if you was going to go ahead this season. And uh, no replies, no Zoom meetings, nothing. No, no messages. No, I can't reply to no message, can I? I, I messaged a few times. I thought it was a slow, slow breakup. No, never. Married till the end. <laughs> what they say, till death do us part. Uh, I almost died watching this game. Uh, now, thankfully, it's not just me and Dane bickering. Uh, we've got two good guests with us tonight. Uh, the first, in no particular order, just the orders on my screen, Mr. Harry Edwards. Harry, good to see you again. Long time no see, actually. Yeah, I was trying to think. I can't can't remember the last time I was here. It's at least a year. Far too long. Yeah, not on purpose, I must say. I'm just a very bad organiser. I'm, I'm also a very busy person. <laughs> yeah, we see Harry a lot in Discord, so uh, if you want to hear Harry's takes. Make sure you join us there. And also joining us, uh, one of the nicest faces 
at Kings Meadow and Stamford Bridge, uh, Mr. Simon Kingman. Simon, good to see you. How you doing? You are muted. <laughs> see, has he worked it out yet? No. I've asked him to unmute. There we go. No, still nothing. I've muted him. Simon's here anyway. You just can't hear him. I can see him though. He's definitely here. Uh, we'll see if we work that one out in a bit. No, Wi Fi's letting him down there. Him to sign, sign out and sign back in again. Yeah, try that, Simon. Sign in and out. Is that it? Oh, there you go. Am I? That best. Well, it sounds about ten seconds after your mouth moves. <laughs> what the last time we had the iPhone? Oh no, yeah, yeah, we've got new programs in It's obviously just maybe. Yeah, just as bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Right, let's we'll see if we can come back to that one. Otherwise, we'll edit loads out of the show. We can't bother. Um, now remember, you can listen to the show uh, when it works live every Tuesday at eight pm, and join with the show via the live chat page uh, by heading to Mixler. That's M I X L R dot com and searching the Went to King Fellow. Uh, we also put it out on Twitter before the show. So if you want to listen live and join in, you can do that there. Uh, on the show tonight, speaking of, uh, in part one, we'll look at MA's team selection, City's fast start, uh, and that time-wasting decision. Uh, then in part two, we'll look at Chelsea's second-half performance, that late drama, and we're going to do all that right after this. Let's get into the action then. Uh, Chelsea lined up for this one in a 4-2-3-1 formation with Satura Mazovic in goal, a back four of Ashley Lawrence, Millie Bright, Jess Carter and Neve Charles. Aaron Cuthbert doing Sophie Ingle midfield with Lauren James, Jesse Fleming, Andrew Wright and supporting Mia official. In attack, Emma Hayes again made full use of her available substitutions with Yelena Chankovic and Sam Kerr replacing Ingle and Fischl at half-time. In the 59th minute, Manly Leopold and Frank Kirby came on for Cuthbert and Fleming. And in the 69th minute, Eve Perisay replaced Lawrence. That left Anne Katchenberger, Nuskin, Maren Mielder and Johanna Ritten Camrid as the unused subs. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 65% possession, 21 shots, 4 on target, 9 corners and 10 fouls. Two Manchester City's 35% possession, 9 shots, 5 on target, 4 corners and 4 fouls. Um, Starting with the lineup, and I'm going to start with Simon because I think we can hear him now and he's with us. Um... Your thoughts, Simon, when that lineup was released, three changes from the week before with uh, Lawrence for Mielder, Cuppert for Nuskin, and Fleming for Ritten Cameron. I was surprised that um, Cuthbert started sort of coming straight in. I thought they might have sort of given her a, a couple of games, and Ashley Lawrence as well. I was pleased to see her, but then obviously as the game went on, I suppose we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah, and um, 
I love Carter. I play Carter every week, so wasn't surprised that she played. But other than that, it was yeah, it was it was strong it, it, on paper. It looks you know like we could have done the business, but we'll yeah, pick that, the bones out on that later. Yeah, Dave, do you think it's more sort of one of them Emma Hayes moments where she sort of goes back to what she knows and can trust in sort of the cupboard coming in? Fleming playing that sort of hybrid eight and ten role. Obviously, she can't. Sam Kerr's not fit enough to start. She don't think it's official keeps her place well deserved probably. But you know, most of the names on that team sheet are ones that you know Emma knows and, and trusts can do jobs in big occasions like City away. It's a confusing one, like Simon said. Cuthbert coming in with with not a lot of football after Nuskin had a good, I thought a good good debut at Stamford Bridge. Uh, and Lawrence coming in as well, a, a player, you know, new instead of like a Perisay, maybe got obviously more height and pace than Perisay. Perisay had a really good season. Fleming, yeah, you know, you know what Fleming's going to bring a uh, job and, and Kerr. Well, it's, it's funny, we just talked about Cuff, but, but Kerr's another one who's, who's who, you know, who's, who's working up a, a fitness clearly, but she could only make the bench. But it's no coincidence as well. That three she picked in midfield all got substituted at some point within the game, but. You know, it, we, we've been doing this podcast now for a while. You know, we try and second judge, uh, Emma Hayes's decisions or we try and, try and guess team. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete waste of time. You know, sometimes we, we, we will look back, not baffled uh, at decisions, but obviously we completely support it because she knows a hell of a lot more of me and you. And she's, uh, clearly one of the best, if not the best manager in uh, women's football. Yeah, I mean, Harry, one decision she did make, which I sort of half expected, was a switch to the back four uh, to deal with City's wingers. To sort of that's what you sort you saw come in and agreed with as well. Um, to be honest, not really. I, I'm not a fan of the back three. Um, I think when we've tried it at times, it hasn't worked out. But I think that's maybe more about the personnel. But I think from the early stages, you could see that it wasn't working, and I think that was because. Again, we'll probably go into more of it, how some of the players used played not up to the standard. So just for an example, Lawrence, I think it was a bit too attacking, which meant Carter had to come over, which then left the gap in the middle. Um, whereas if you had a back three, then that, that space wouldn't be there. Um, but I think it was telling, obviously, you, you went through the starters and the subs, that there was no now and there was no Buchanan. So there was no centre-back option on the bench apart from Mjolder, but so I don't know whether whether this was whether this was forced, whether there's something whether Buchanan's not completely fit, maybe she doesn't trust now, or whether it was just she didn't want to put two centre backs on the bench. Yeah, I think she put one though. I know the men's team has started doing that injury list before on the Friday before the game on yeah, one day the women's team will do that. Um Probably when Emma's left, <laughs> because I know she likes to keep those cards close to her chest. Um, then a couple of the starters, obviously, reaching milestones, just aside from their performances, just, you know, Aaron Cuthbert, 200th appearance for Chelsea, and Jesse Fleming in her 100th game for Chelsea as well. You know, they're rare milestones and, you know, shows the level of maturity this squad's got in terms of having played for Chelsea. Uh, in what will be a big season. Well, yeah, as well. And if you think Erin Cuff, but well, she she's only just turned twenty five, so you know, 
great age, great age for a midfielder. Shifted around a few positions, but we, you know, you could see the class early on. And uh, probably about two seasons ago, you could really see the levels uh, she was starting to reach. And to have 200 appearances for this successful club is amazing. You know, she's won practically all the honours apart from 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 a bigger European one. And who says that won't happen? And Jesse Fleming as well. Yeah, another one who 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 is who has had a good Chelsea career. One of your favourite players. It brings lots of energy, press into games, scans area as well. Uh, sometimes she's a bit unlucky, you know. She, she she can be the odd one out. It took her a while to get going at Chelsea, but a fantastic player. And you know, you need a when you when you're Chelsea, you need a big squad. You're in all the competitions, aren't you? you usually get to the the later stages of all the cups, you you you're in a league title uh, a fight and a race, so you you need a big squad and and you know these these two add massively to the midfield. Or uh, Sunday's wasn't great, but listen, obviously we'll talk about the performance later and any ramifications. But you know, a point away at City, I would have taken before. Yeah, I suppose many people as well. Uh, as Dane mentioned, Harry, you know, Fleming, I'm a big fan of, of hers, but this role that Emma puts her in in these games, not quite a 10, not quite an 8. She has to do two jobs at once. I think there's so much pressure on her when we haven't got possession to help cover that midfield. And then she has to get forward and help the centre forward as well. How do you think she did in, in terms of that first half? Because a couple of times she did get forward and did try to help Mia out, but I think you take away what's best from her if you don't give her the ball. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, off the ball as well, she's she's there to press. Um, but I think from from watching it back, she's like she was pressing, but she wasn't pressing as much as she normally does because she was dropping back a little bit to keep an eye on Yu Hasegawa. Um, in other games, we'd see her constantly pressing all the time. And because she was so focused on making sure City didn't get the ball to Hasegawa, um, it take, kind of takes away from what she brings. And um, another reason why I think we did the back four was so that we could do the three midfield, the the three central midfielders. Um, but F- like Fleming was doing the job for all three because, again, we're going to probably more later, Cuthbert wasn't up to it. Ingle didn't really look at her best. So Fleming was basically doing all of their jobs up and it just it meant like I said she couldn't carry the ball into towards the box as we know that she can when she's she did it a couple of times but not as much as we need her to do it. Yeah, I don't think she was particularly helped uh by Ingle and, and Cuthbert at all in the game. Uh, and we will get onto that a bit later. What I want to sort of mention first Simon is uh, the goalkeeper because Muzovic again uh, keeping her place in goal, and that was obviously a question a lot of supporters had after the Tottenham game, whether she was the number one or whether Berger would come back in. Um, a bit of a shaky start from her. She dropped one, was right down her throat uh, early on. She then made a good save uh, from Lauren Hemp, I think it was. I can't see where it is now. Uh, a volley that she pushed wide. Uh, and then the goal looked like she should have saved it first viewing, but it did take a, a nasty nick off Jess Carter's boot. And she couldn't set herself, and I mean the pace on that shot was sort of impossible to save. Uh, but your thoughts on on Muzovic starting and and the goal, I suppose. I really like her, and I, I would put her down as our number one. 
I think I, when I watch Berger, I think she's always got a mistake in her. And Muzovic's distribution is better, in my opinion. Um, I think the sun didn't help, didn't it? it I mean, no, they, they mentioned that on uh, the commentary. She had the sun in her eyes. That's why they switched ends, didn't they, at the beginning? But um, the goal, it did take a massive deflection. It wasn't until you saw it a couple of times that you realised that it came off. I, I think she was she was there. I think she would have had that covered. But that's it. I mean, that's the only thing that Jess did wrong, wasn't it, really? And that's not even doing anything wrong. But, yeah, I think she would have had it covered, to be honest. Yeah, Dave, what's your thoughts on, on, on the goal? Because, you know, as I said, on first viewing, it looks like she's totally misjudged the ball and it's gone straight over her head. But you see, she's she's tried to set, she's tried to move again, and then, you know, the pace on it from Kelly was, was incredible. Yeah, Chloe Kelly is an incredible player. Uh, maybe you could talk about, you know, the time she had on the box, the sun in her eyes, actually correct, you know, or it's just a great strike. Lauren James had a similar one, didn't she, in the second half, uh, but hit the crossbar, dipped down and hit the crossbar. Yeah, uh, I think it's harsh to, you know, when you... When a goal like that, you know, an outstanding piece of individual display, it's harsh to criticise the keeper. Uh, whether she is going to be... I'm a big fan of Hannah Hampton. Uh, strange decision, her coming here, especially after we'd already signed the goal to me. Uh, but, wow, what, what, what selection headache to have. Uh, you know, I, I, it would have been hard to have put my uh, name on who I expected to start the season. I probably would have said Musevic, contradictingly, but I wouldn't have been surprised if then Berger would have started just going on, as I said about 10 minutes ago, about Emma Hayes and her and her, uh, her team selections. But, yeah, to criticise her for that goal would be, I think, extremely harsh. Yeah, Harry, I'm going to get your thoughts on the goalkeeper as well. But, you know, when I, I played in goal uh, to a poor standard... Uh, <laughs> Here we go. When we can see, always, <laughs> I always look for the outfield player to blame. So there's a reason they've had a shot, and it's because someone else has made a mistake. Uh, and for me, unfortunately, it's from Erin, where she doesn't close down Chloe Kelly at all. She leaves it for someone else and then realises, actually, you know, that's my job to go and do that. She's slow to get there again, gives her the space to shoot. I mean, we've spoken about already, no pre-season for Erin that we know of. Injured as well in September, stint joined up with the Scotland squad. Just made her inclusion here all the more baffling, especially given how well Nuskin you know, debuted against Tottenham, and the fact that she brought her off quite early for for Erin as well. You know, Emma's probably put that one down as a mistake as well. Yeah, I think um, Emma's done it a few times in the past where she sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. She sticks to what she knows. She sticks to her quote-unquote favourites, the ones that have got her through things in the past, um, which I think that would probably be the, the bigger reason why Erin started, rather than I don't think Emma's sentimental to give her the 200th game. She hasn't been sentimental like that in the past, um, so I'd be surprised to see that start now. Um, so I was watching back the game this afternoon between finishing work and this on plus two, and even on plus two speed, Erin like was slow. Like you could tell that she wasn't, she just wasn't at the level that we know that she can be, and it is fitness. Um, 
see hindsight's 2020, but sure, I don't know what, I don't know why Cuthbert started. Like you said, um, Shokanuskin had such a, she had a slow start to the game against Tottenham. Um, but once she found her footing and was getting used to it all, she, I think she was really good. Um, why would you not throw her in? I know maybe throw her in the deep end against Man City, but she's not going to get used to playing Man City if she's not playing Man City. So I think playing Nus- Nuskin, who needs to get used to it, is better than, uh, I think I'm being generous, a 20% Erin Cuthbert. Like, I wouldn't have said, wasn't even 50. I, she wasn't anywhere near her full capacity. And I think that's what cost us in the early stages. We had no midfield control and a fit a fit and firing Aaron Cuthbert would have probably snapped Chloe Kelly's legs like she'd have been <laughs> on her like like a like a hound do you want to do you want to wade in on the goalkeeper or are you happy to skip past that <laughs> but like you I play in goal um because I'm rubbish everywhere else I've got long longish limbs um and I'm the same like I think I played last Saturday and it's it's fifteen aside, so you know we're all gonna. It's a, it's a chaos, and I think I want, we won seven six. Four of the goals let in. Yeah, I could have done better, but also you know he could have blocked the shots. Was the sun in your eyes? It was sunny, you know, it was sunny and early, and I play with glasses. So, um, but actually, I think I'm going to go against the grain here a little bit. I think the deflection actually took it towards Musovic. Um. It was going away from her and then took it above her head. Um, me, of it, me and you, Dean, obviously we're not going to save that. But I would think that I would want a, a professional goalkeeper to maybe do a little bit better with it going over her head. I know obviously she was setting herself to die, but she looked a little bit delayed in that on, when I was watching it this morning on the replay. Um, that's just me being obviously extra harsh, but I'd, yeah, I'd like to at least get a touch on it. If not be beaten by the power. Yeah, I think it would have tipped over the bar at least. Um, but that's just me, you know. Can't speak for every goalkeeper out there. Um, you know, I think she's been unlucky to let in two goals that look bad on TV. Um mm-hmm. probably not as bad as they look. Um, but we'll see who starts. Um Would you off- have started the season with her ending? Based on the World Cup, yeah. I think you had to. Because she had those performances, she made a name for herself. Um, AKB, you just winding down the clock with her career, basically, aren't you? Uh, and Hannah, I don't think you knew you were signing her till quite late. Um, you didn't want to. You didn't. I think signing Hannah, you just didn't didn't want someone else to get her. No, and you want to have her there. I mean, whether she spends a whole season facing shots in the warm up or not, I don't know. But you know, everyone kind of been getting the. Brighton team. So how much was she going to challenge Muzovic and, and AKB to start? Um, but, you know, Emma's played Muzovic for six games in a row before and then taking her straight back out and put Berger back in. So mm. That's why I think we'll see Hannah for a little while and then she will uh, go back straight back out again. Yeah. Even when we get to the end of the season and someone's played all every game, you still won't know who the number one goalkeeper is. No, I think I agree, yeah. Yeah. But just getting back to the goal, Dane, um, one thing against City you, you don't want to do is let them open up the pitch because they've got fantastic wingers. And they Chelsea let them do that. And 
I think that's going back to what Harry was saying about that midfield, not having no control. City got through us quite quickly early on, quite a few times. It felt like the goal was coming. Yeah, yeah, and and then I I, I thought I I worried that another one would come. Uh, was it last year we went two 0 down there quite quickly? Was it? Uh, yeah. So that that was my worry. Uh, we obviously we obviously already talked about Cuthbert. I didn't think Ingle had a particularly good game. Fleming's been brought in to do a job, uh, and it just wasn't really working. You got Lawrence sort of making a first start against you know a very good team. I think Taylor knows how to play against us. I think uh, out of all the uh, top managers, uh, he always sets his teams up really well. I think uh, Arsenal last year sort of got lucky in that. Well, not lucky. In that one game, they beat us in, in the final. But in the other games, I thought we we, we were done. We was quite good. Uh, I just don't like us against Man City. I never think, you know, at home we seem to be all right. But away, I just think we, we, we tend to struggle. And... You know, you could tell, as I said earlier, you know, three midfield substituted. Uh, Perisay on for Lawrence. Uh, I think we're about 25 minutes to go. Was she a little bit too attacking? A question again. Again, I didn't see, I, I, to be fair, I didn't notice Neve Charles enough, but I saw question marks about her performance on, on social media. But it's been, got me questioning what I didn't see. Uh, yeah, it's hard, and especially about Lauren freaking him, you know, one of the best wingers in the world, just opening up her legs and 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 wanting to run at us. It's it's you know, it's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, having having said that though, Simon, you know, I thought after the goal we did settle back down quite quickly. We did get a bit of hold of the ball, we had some good possession. Uh, Sophie Ingle really should have scored with a header that she put straight at the goalkeeper. It was encouraging. Felt like we were com- coming back into the game. I think we were, and I think eleven versus eleven, we were. I'd said to the others sort of when the game was going on, we we'll score before half time. But then obviously the sending off changed it. But I thought we were threatening a little bit. And I say that header from Sophie Ingle, a couple of other little chances as well. I thought I fancied us to score, but then. Obviously, the ref had other ideas and changed the game completely. Yeah, a good segue on to the next <laughs> um, talking point. Harry, I think you're going to be the voice, the sensible voice on, on this. Um, when it happened, I watched the game back later on in the evening, uh, but I didn't know the score. So I didn't know what happened. I was just watching it as if it was live. And I write down my notes to make this show happen. I don't know if you can tell that, um, but do make notes. I thought it was ridiculous at the time. I couldn't work out why. It didn't feel like that long she stood there for. Um, for a second, yellow felt extremely harsh. And if that was Millie Bright or Jess Carter getting sent off, you know, I think I'm punching the laptop screen. <laughs> yeah, I, th- um, I think it was BBC who counted it as 26 seconds, but it was 26 seconds from the foul. I counted about about 16 from when she started trying to take it, which is still a bit long. She, and she's clearly trying to slow the, ta- the game down. She's taken the mick a little bit with a fake kick before she actually, and then stands still on the ball. But as a referee, you've got to have the common sense, you know, to give her like the, the tap of the watch, hurry up, come on. That, that's a warning. And she, she's not going to do it anymore. Um, 
so I don't want to go too much on the ref, but she was the ref at the um, the FA Cup final in the summer, and I don't know. There just seemed to be like a I don't want to say arrogance, but like she's given that kind of vibe, just like I'm the one in control here. You know, this is my game. You do what I say. Like there, I think there were times where she gives the. I think it's kind of like the Mike Dean, don't talk to me, go away when someone, a player's coming up to have a chat. Um, so I think this was kind of her st- trying to stamp her authority. And again, uh, two, 26 seconds, I counted in the second half, there were a couple of times where Kiara Keaton had the ball in her hands for like 20 plus seconds. And she's not doing anything then. And I'm not calling her for do, to do anything then. It's why she decided to send Alex Greenwood off, but not punish the time, what you would deem time-wasting later on. So I think this is just, yeah, a bizarre call. It, it was long, but you've, you've got to have the common sense. And it she lost control of the game after that because she had to live up to her own stupid decisions. Yeah, it felt just totally random. Like, why would you want to send a player off for the it's in the first half. It's not as if we're chasing the game in the last ten minutes and she's taking the piss. You know they got ten minutes till half time still to get through. She, she's not achieving anything, and they had all this time on supposedly these days. Um, Simon, was it before the game you said it was your favourite ref, or was that after? <laughs> um, it was before. Yeah, I can't stand the officials. I think. They're terrible. I mean, where we sit at Kings Meadow is obviously right behind the linesman, lines lady, lino, and they're terrible. Some of those decisions that they make, especially with Sam Kerr, oh, it just drives me insane. But I'd remembered her from before, and it was um, who was it used to do it? Was it Graham Paul? As soon as he was on TV, he'd make sort of decisions like that and I think that's what it was like Harry said just arrogance look at me I'm on TV yeah. and trying out I think she was it was like it reminded me I said to the kids it's like um you're collecting your your World Cup stickers she was just going through ticking all of the uh, lionesses that she could book <laughs> terrible terrible you've started me off now it's oh dear sorry sorry about that the red mist is descending <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she booked Lauren James, uh, Dane, in about the ninth minute for a challenge that was at the edge of the box in a dangerous area. But that early on is one of those as well where you think you have a conversation with the players. You say, yeah, another one like that. You're in, you're mm-hmm. in the book. And I, I was expecting Lauren James. Do you watch a match of the day and they show a player get a yellow card? Mm-hmm. Just know that player's getting sent off. It felt like that the whole way through the game. I was waiting for her to find a reason to send off Lauren James, especially after the red card for Greenwood. Do you agree with you know, the assessment from the boys? You know, a bit of an ego trip for the ref, trying to stamp her authority on the game. But in fact, she's ruined her authority on the game and probably ruined the match as well. Well, it's hard because we ask for consistency, but we're not going to get consistency from 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 the refs because they're all different you know us four could could watch you know the same football match and have four different opinions on 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 certain instances within the game you know like everyone else there's there's not a lot of people within football who don't 
watch football and like football you know you know we're all fans you know I think the, if we're going to go to the men's game it's, it's quite highlighted but Arsenal's Ben White has no interest in watching football doesn't even particularly like football he just turns up trains and plays uh, but you wonder if this referee has obviously watched a lot of uh, for homework, watched a lot of the World Cup, has seen Lauren James. So she's got her in it. Well, as soon as you, you, you do stupid challenges or stupid things like that, then you're going to have it in the back of the head. Well, I don't want her doing that on my watch. So I'll stamp it out early with Lauren. And she could be watching other games, you know, and she could be like thinking, I don't know people time wasted. I don't know people doing this. And I think Harry's right. You know, Alex Greenwood was was taking the piss a little bit. But not enough to, you know, even though I'm a Chelsea fan, you know, not enough to send her off. I just thought she could have warned her. Maybe she did. But, you know, if that's happening to us, we are actually fuming. That was her style. She saw it as a big game early on uh, in the season and she just wanted to stamp things out. You know, that's why. And she sort of stuck to it. There was a couple of decisions, like Harry said as well, where, okay, so you're timing Alex, but you're not timing others. A couple of challenges you thought maybe but then you know if if we're gonna I don't know when we're eventually going to talk about Lauren Hemp getting sent off that was just stupid by her do you know what I mean it was you don't do that you don't pull someone back if you're on a yellow card so I don't think she gave the referee much choice it's you know we talk about them too much you know we talked about a lot in, in detail last season about possibly you know the training the extra help they could get uh clearly not getting it yeah, I mean, I mean, last week we had the goal not given. Harry across the line. I mean, luckily we scored straight after, so it didn't matter. Yeah, but it, it, you can go to any match, you'll find you know instances where officials are letting the game down. And I know it happens in men's football with all the investment and all the you know VAR they've got. They can't get it right either. But you know, it, it does feel like a bit of an own goal not to have you know full time professional referees referee in a full time professional game. Yeah, and it won't be a quick process trying to get the referees better because there will be referees who maybe, not in a bad way, we will get like stuck in our own ways about doing things. So you need to relearn, especially like if they've been referee for so many years, they've got to basically forget all the stuff that they learned when they were training to then get up to speed again. But I think it's a it's a sacrifice that that needs to be made. We need. We need good referees if we want, you know, the game to improve as well. Um, I think it's always been the case that the joke that you need to kill someone to get a yellow card in women's football, um, like how lenient referees has been. Obviously, Heathlet was was the opposite. You just need to look at her to get a yellow card. Um, <laughs> but I think it's yeah, you've got to grow together. You can't have all the money pumped into the clubs and not into the officiating. And I'm not even talking about technology yet. You need to get the the referees onto a a good enough level first. Yeah, get, uh, walk before we can run, I think, is what we need to do. Um, or kick the ball before you get sent off, even. Um, Simon, you know, that was just five or seven minutes before the end of the first half, and it felt like you know, we wanted to get the equaliser as soon as possible for half time, go in at one one with an extra player at the end, take advantage. Do you think the fact that didn't happen sort of was a precursor to how the second half was gonna go? Yeah, yeah. I mean 
she obviously had a, a chat to him at half time and sort of perhaps read him the right act. I, I fancy just to score before half time, but obviously it didn't come and, and that was it. It was it's not easy, is it, against ten men, ten women, nine players. They're gonna stick everybody behind the ball. You've got to do something and have that little bit of spark and that little bit of magic to break through that wall. And we just couldn't find it from anywhere. Couldn't find it. It's a game I I felt that we missed a G type player just to create a little something to try and break through that wall, but it was going to come. It was always positive it was going to come. Well, at least one of us took a bit, a bit longer yeah. than I expected. Yeah, and a few square words, <laughs> just a few. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, me official had a good chance. Uh, I think the one she just toe poked wide, uh, if I can remember. Uh, but apart from that, you know, obviously disappointed not to get the goal before half time. Uh, talking of half time, I think we're going to take an ad break now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the second half and Chelsea's difficulty in breaking City down. And of course, that late drama. Before we do that, of course, a reminder that the latest issue of King's Meadow Chronicle, your Chelsea FC Women's Fanzine, is out now and available to purchase. Uh, it's a per- per- available to purchase online and it will be at the West Ham game this Saturday. Uh, King's Meadow Chronicle is written by the fans for the fans, gives you an unedited fan view of the goings-on around Chelsea FC women. Writers include the likes of Sophie Spittle, Simon Kingman, Harry Edwards, who are here tonight, uh, Rebecca Grasby and many others, uh, excellent writers. Uh, you can purchase your copy. Uh, it's reduced to just £1 plus postage, which makes it £2 in the UK uh, from www.kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. And of course, it will be available outside uh, Kings Meadow uh, on match day. Uh, and we will be right back. JK. Yes, Chich. You know how frustrated we get when we can't get a ticket to an away match and it's not on the telly? Oh, yes. Oh. Well,. I think I found the answer. You have? I have. It's NordVPN, and it allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. Oh, that sounds great. How do they do that? Well, with just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match. Oh, isn't that a bit risky, though? I wouldn't want people getting their hands on my personal details. No problem, JK. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great, but uh, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, mate. Oh, indeed it is, Chidge. Where do I sign up? To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, welcome back to Went to Meadow Kings Meadow. Uh, now at half time, City obviously just gone down to 10 players. Uh, and, and Dana Hayes does respond. She brings on Sam Kerr and Lena Chankovic. Uh, what did you make of, of that double sub? Yeah, I don't, in hindsight, I don't know if she if she considered going for a two up front or she always obviously had Kerr, uh, sorry, Kirby in the back of her mind to eventually come on 
20 minutes later to, to, to push up with Kerr. I was just saying, you know, in our little break, I think it will take a while for Fischl to, to really get up to speed with this league. You know, the Mexican league is quite notoriously a tough sort of hustle, bustle league, you know, lots of fouls, you know, lots of sneaky little fouls as well. And, and Fischl, still a very young player, uh, highly regarded in the USA, but she's sort of upset upset the core over there by opting out of Orlando prior to signing Mexico. And she was quite critical of the old of the old system there. A uh, bit of insight to Fisher, just in case she was interested. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was, you know, Jankovic can be that sort of G player. As, uh, sometimes I think, you know, Simon Sam, we was missing that sort of player. And you think with playing against 10 men, bringing on, you know, the best striker in the league and, and Jankovic, who can, you know, do those little bits and get in those dangerous areas and those dangerous pockets and open things up. I think it was very, very smart substitutions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Simon, you mentioned sort of a G-like player, which we you know, we hope Kankovic will be. Uh, and she was great when she came on against Tottenham in, in the first game. But in, in this one, although she got on the ball, I think I felt that she was far too deep to sort of influence where we wanted her to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be slightly further forward, he's just a fantastic player with that left foot. It's like a wand. That cross she put in for uh, Sam Kerr against Arsenal. Last season, I think that changed the title for us, really, and sort of and won it for us. Fantastic player, but needed a yeah, needed a, a more on the ball and just threading those little passes through. It was uh, yeah, disappointing. I think Wrighton as well. I know we'll probably speak about her later on, but she was really really quiet as well up until the goal. Her name wasn't being mentioned at all. Yeah, we'll get on to that because that's yeah. after the after the the owl subs. Um, but Harry, what I would have maybe liked to have seen just, just for the for the heck of it was was Fisher and Kerr together. Um, because we did go to a four four two and it was Lauren playing sort of as that second striker to Sam. Um, and I know you know LJ is great centrally, maybe not that high up the pitch. Um, and given we had an extra player, maybe you could take that sort of gamble and have your two strikers on for, for 10, 15 minutes and just see what happens. Yeah, when, well, when, um, the Fiorentina is watching the Tottenham game last week, like, you can see Fisher is a player that's going to thrive with a strike partner. She's, she, I think I put, I said that she's, um, she's not trying to replace Kerr, she's trying to replace Wrighton with the assists. She was always looking to play the ball onto someone rather than take it herself. So I was hoping to see her and Kerr together at some point. But um, I think after the game, Emma, Emma said that Fisher was carrying a little little knock or something. So that probably explained why um, she came off at half-time and, and Kerr came on so early. Because I don't think, don't think the plan was for Kerr to come at half-time, no matter what. Um, and to, to be honest, we ended up basically playing with 10 players because they were trying to play to Kerr's strengths but Kerr couldn't play to her own strength. She, could, she didn't have the spring in her step to break the offside lines, especially against a team so deep. Um, she wasn't winning the aerial battles because it wasn't full fit, fully fit Sam Kerr. Um, and I think Hayes maybe paid the price in putting Sam on the bench when she wasn't fully fit, um, risking that we might have needed her. Um, 
would Aggie Beaver Jones have been been a different option if she was on the bench? I know she's not suspended anymore. She was suspended last week. That's why she missed. That's why she wasn't involved at all then. But yeah, I think again, this is Hayes knowing that she's relied on Crow in the past. Keep her on the bench just in case, and I think it backfired. Yeah, I, I, I suppose as you're saying, you know, she's always going to roll that dice when she's got the option to do that. You know, because you know Sam Kerr can, and she almost did at the end, of course, produce something out of what was literally nothing. Um, I mean, Simon, I wrote in my in my notes, you know, it felt like we were trying to force it, and I know Harry mentioned we were trying to play to Sam's strengths, but it just felt like we were trying too hard to get the ball sort of in the box and get the players around it. Yeah, there were some moments and you thought there was people on the edge of the area. Just take a shot. Trying to get it in the area all the time. And it, it was sort of bypassing those people coming out. A little shot, a deflection. It's going to come off somebody. Especially with that many people in the box. So, um, it was frustrating. I mean, I know um, Lauren had that shot, didn't she? And it came off the bar. And she, yeah, it was uh, it was a few, wasn't there? We come a couple of posts and Sam Kerr, Millie Bright, just those small little margins sometimes, isn't it, in games? But just not enough shots being taken. Still trying to play the old uh, tap tap boom football. She wasn't really tested the goalkeeper either, was she? For a 19 year old, I know she was playing and she played a couple of games, but you'd expect a, a few shots to test her as well throughout the game. Yeah, well, the, the stats surprised me actually 21 shots in total, mm-hmm. only four on target. Yeah, which it seems was... a lot more than I remember. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. And I know she got play of the match on BBC, uh, Keith Tim, but I wouldn't say she made that many. Remarkable stops. Uh, the one before the goal, maybe that was it. Um, I mean, Dane, at the hour mark, when you're making a double sub, chasing the game, it always sort of speaks of desperation to me. Uh, Lloyd Poles and Kirby on for Cuthbert and Fleming. Um, didn't do a lot for me. I don't know how that changed the game at all. You know, took off one midfielder that couldn't run because uh, she was unfit with another. Uh, Who couldn't run as well, you're saying? Well, she's not as fit as she used to be, is she? The box, the box midfielder, I don't think we mm. see that anymore. Uh, and Kirby, she's some way off as well, I think. I don't know if she'll get back to where she was. But the, what happened was everyone was inside the whip for the penalty box. And that was, was so, far, so frustrating for me when you've got extra players. You know, you've got to spread that pitch and you know get someone on the touchline. Do you think it's, is that a fitness thing or that was the tactics to try and get the ball to Kerr in the box, pick up the second ball around it? So what you're saying is there was a terrible imbalance in the team. Start off with the 11 and a terrible imbalance on the subs. You're, you're, you're starting players are unfit and you're bringing on players are unfit as well. So you would think so. You would think so. But I think... Uh, Simon's already said, you know, Sam didn't have a spring in her step. So you're getting on wide players to put, you know, we we talked about maybe 
Mia staying on, but Emma Hayes said she, she, you know, she was carrying a bit of a knock. So you're getting wide players to put balls into the box. I think didn't Bright go up up there for a little one? And some said about her hitting a crossbar. I don't know if that was actually if she meant that or it's just more of a flick on. Or again, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's it's you say you know some substitutes a bit desperate. I suppose if you're getting wide and just whacking it into the box, that's a bit desperate as well. You know. She did talk afterwards, Emma Hayes, didn't she, about how you have to, how she had to transition twice through, through, through sending off to, to an even more emphatic uh, phase of attacking. It, it's hard, you know. I suppose hindsight is a wonderful thing, you know. He talks about Aggie Beaver, Beaver potentially being on the bench, you know. It's maybe if, she, if, if, if we played this game again, maybe Emma Haynes doesn't start cuff, but maybe Emma Haynes doesn't have Kerr on the bench. It's just, it's a hard one, yeah. It's hard, you know. I suppose, as you've said, when if Simon's played football, you two play football. You know, sometimes you think I've been in games before and and I'm in quite control of games, uh, even though we might not be winning. And the other team will go down to ten men, and it's made it even difficult. Which you would think it would make it easier, like you say, you can open up the pitch, get the ball wide, be more. You just sort of presume you're going to win. Uh, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know. Emma decided on her substitute, so she had to make a decision, you know, in 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 that moment, and she decided on loopholes in Kirby, you know. Yeah, I mean, Harry, what what did you make of it? You know, I was thinking, you know, you well, look at who, who else could you have brought on? Camrid, Camrid, and stick her on the touchline, and get right, and stick her on the other touchline. Yeah. Make City come out and out of that middle of the, the pitch, out of the box, try and close them down, get the fullbacks overlapping. You know, just don't keep kicking it to them. It's a good point because City, City have, this is a new squad for City as well, isn't it? It's a you know potentially new squad. They've had a lot of players go out that door in over the last eighteen months, so you know it's a valid point. They're still getting to know each other as well. Yeah, I mean the one time Harry we did get down the touchline was for Ashley Lawrence, and then she kicked the ball out for a goal kick, uh, which her performance was absolutely terrible. Uh, not just that moment, you know, there was a couple of times she looked like she was in and she sort of stopped running and let the City player catch up with her. She looked physically, you know, I don't want to say daunted by the City team, but she got beaten quite easily a few times and she looked really good against against Tottenham, really got really excited to watch her against Roma as well. Didn't show up and was not the only one, uh, you know, on the other side, you want... You left back doing the same thing. Charles was an ominous all game. But, you know, because Ashley's a new player, I think we might focus on her a little bit more. It was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, that she obviously came with such a big reputation and she obviously is a wonderful fullback. But, yeah, she just, I mean, even the best can struggle to deal with Hemp and Kelly. But you'd hope that that a top fullback would win at least 50% of the battles. You know, we know Carter can sometimes win like 70, 80%. Um, see, there was a tackle that Carter made where, sure, she kind of lost the ball in the middle of the pitch a little bit, but then she recovered and and put in a brilliant tackle on Chloe Kelly. And we know she can do that, but Lawrence just wasn't offering any of that defensively and in an attack. Like I said, on both flanks, it just... I don't think it was any like synergy or connection with the fullbacks and the wingers. It was like they had all never played with each other. There was no 
overlaps, underlaps, the, the link ups just weren't working. Um, so there were times where I think crossing was the game plan, it clearly was from the start, but there were times where crosses were then put in at the wrong time because the winger didn't have an overlapping fullback or the fullback had the ball, but the winger weren't going into the right position. And yeah, Lawrence's defending what um, I think that she was one of the the players that Man City were looking at and saying, I think it was her foul on him that, that hurt him shoulder. Um, based on, I wouldn't have complained if it was a yellow. Um, I think it was one of those where it could have gone either way. Um, that could just maybe be me being a little biased, but like I said, I wouldn't have complained if it was yellow. And it definitely should have been on how the, the game was being refed. Um, but I think... Yeah, it's it's just a you know. Hopefully, it's just a a bad game. You know, it's it's the hex of the stadium, formerly known as Academy. You know, it's, it's where all skill and ability when your Chelsea goes out the door. Hopefully, it's just that, and she'll be good against West Ham. Fingers crossed. I think that cross was the straw that broke the camel's back for her performance. I think so she come off straight off. As soon as that went out, I think Perise was ready and. Uh, a bit harsh, I think, for Eve, but one of those always goes back to that documentary where she says, if you're not, I'll bring someone else in to replace you. And she always seems to find the player you think, yeah, she's really good. And then she signs someone else in that position. Uh, I'm just wondering what she's doing. But obviously, she's won four WSL titles in a row and not me. So it's not mine to, to criticise her for that. Uh, I mean, Simon, we did sort of the only player that looked like they might do something was Lauren James. Um, obviously you mentioned the one that hit the bar. Um, just when it when that hit the bar, though, you sort of thinking, you know, this isn't gonna be our day, is it? We're just not gonna score today. No, no, she's um, she just makes the game look easy, Lauren James. She defies opinion in the Kingman House. There's a couple of people that are not too sure on her and don't like her showboating, and they even call her lazy at times. <laughs> but I'm I'm always fighting her corner. I think she's fantastic, and she could have yeah she could have been the one that sort of put those little passes through and and the shot. It's just magic. It was a bit where she um, she dummied someone and then sort of looked as though she was on skis as well. And a couple of little bits of skill that she did was she's phenomenal, phenomenal. But. You know, you need so, um, more people around there, don't you, as well, to create stuff and get on the end of things. David Beckham just did an interview uh, speaking about Messi uh, in the Miami. One of the young kids in the Miami said, oh, what's the best advice Messi's give you? Uh, and he said to walk more because you see more of the game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's true, and, isn't it? It's true. I think Lauren Blasey need to um, be talking. Yeah, yeah that's another... I'll tell him that in a minute. Yeah. I think the other point you made as well about um, JRK as well, I think that was her sort of game. They put her on a bit earlier and just use her speed. She gives us something that nobody else does in that team and pace and and skill and the crossing. So we could have done with her, yeah, a bit earlier. Well, she played her as a wing-back last week. And then you're like, one game where she played her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And speaking of 
the Lawrence uh, Dane. You know, it was Lauren James that got Lauren Hemp sent off, so to speak. Um, you know, Harry mentioned the foul from Lawrence, which hurt her shoulder. Uh, thinking she would have gone off, she couldn't actually move her arm, which is why she then fouled Lauren James to get a second yellow. Um, no complaints about that, I suppose, from, from either team. Really, that was the right call, wasn't it? Yeah, it was okay, stupid, wasn't it? You know, looking over it again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I know in that moment you think you're being sneaky, but she had a few little drag backs, didn't she? She had her arm literally under her under her armpit and was pulling her back right in front of the referee. Yeah, it was it was from from an experienced international player that was very stupid. Uh, you you know you're already down to ten men. Ten women, sorry. You know, you, you, you've already got ten players on the field, you know. Chelsea are huffing and puffing, uh, even though after she gets sent off, they actually really got the other end and score. Uh, you put your, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of an immature decision. Then in the moment, you know, I've done, again, you know, I'm never comparing myself to professional football, but in that moment, you know, you just do, I've done stupid things as well. And you think, why did I do that? You know, on a yellow card, you just pull someone back and you think, why the hell did I freaking do that? But they should know better, you know, they, they, they live it, you know, day in, day out, you know, they train most days. So you would think she would know better. But yeah, it, it, it's sort of stupid instincts. So yeah, she, that would have kept her up probably on Sunday night. Yeah, I think the first yellow, was that for descent? Yeah, she was moaning about something because she saw her put her arms up, didn't you? And, and like, try and remonstrate, didn't you? And So she probably can't blame the ref for being sent off because only one yellow was herself. Um, I mean, Harry, that gives us 10 minutes plus stoppage time, which was eight, I think, so 18 in, in total, with two extra players. Um, for me, you couldn't tell we, had, we did have two extra players on the pitch. You know, what I wrote down in my notes was... Um, if I can find it again now. Uh, no overloads, no quick switches, long balls into the box, not doing anything. Fair summary yeah. of how we approach that? Yeah, I think um, sometimes, don't want to criticise Emma too much, but um, you don't it's, plan a, it's, it's plan A or bust. You know, sometimes I think she can struggle to adapt in, cer- in certain times. Um Maybe this wasn't her. Maybe this was just the players sticking with their minute one instructions of crossing and deciding, you know, we'll keep doing that. Um, again, like I said earlier, trying maybe trying to play to Sam Kerr's strengths, but Sam Kerr wasn't wasn't available, and instead they were just, you know, it seemed like our, our tactics in the end were just to kick the ball in the air to the teenager in the green. You know that I think she one of the reasons she like you said she got played a match she didn't make too many saves is because of all the the crosses she was catching like she was pretty much every cross and right and especially was poor by her standards of crossing I think pretty much all of her crosses just went straight to the keeper um, there was no pressure there was it was just amusing to watch. Um, Obviously, as we all know, we do score, but I, I thought it was going to be one of those games where we could have played for another two hours against nine players and just not found it. It, it wasn't our day and it wasn't down to luck. It was down to the way we were playing. Yeah, I was getting more and more frustrated 
every long ball that went into the keeper's arms. And because I obviously the game had finished about six hours ago when I was watching it, I was so close to just going on to BBC Sport and seeing whether I should bother watching the rest of this game out or not. Uh, and then, Simon, we get a corner in the 95th minute. Uh, and Alana Kennedy, who was sort of a rock for, for City all game, goes down with cramp. And unusually, the referee calls the physio on, which they don't normally do uh, for cramp. They normally let the players sort of push it out of themselves. But it meant that she went off the pitch and, you know, Harry's already spoiled the, the ending for everyone. Uh, Chelsea score. <laughs> it was... Oh, I went mad. I'd been in the kitchen for the previous five minutes because I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And put the kettle on, made the tea, put the tea down, and we scored, and I just went mad. It was... And, oh, I know I keep saying it, but it, it, it was coming. It's not easy against nine players. We scored. We got a point. We're, what are we, one point ahead of the total we had last season after two games, the players coming back, players not fit, second game. Um, I'm reading sort of quite a bit about people not being happy about performance. It wasn't great, but we got the point. So that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, as, as Simon mentioned, Dane, you know, all those frustrations, you know, you feel watching it, when you score a late goal, there is nothing better, is there? Yeah, lots of different motions, you know, like Harry, I didn't think it was going to come. I thought we could be there for another couple of uh, games and a couple of days we wouldn't score. And also, like Simon said, you know, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's 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 the beginning of the season. It's a tough place to go with second game of the season away. You know, we we've already mentioned players not fit starting, players not fit coming on. So irrelevant that we they was eventually down to nine men, you know, to probably our, one of our best performers of last season to to get us a point away from home. Yeah, I take that all day. It was it, you could see the elation on them, you know, these are players that Although they didn't play well, although we didn't play well as a team, you know, it clearly means so much to them, doesn't it? The elation and the excitement on them when they scored, you know, the a burst of adrenaline, you know, we, we it would have it would have got us all out of our seat. And yeah, you listen, you know, not superhumans, are they? You know, we're going to have games where we where we struggle, uh, and you know we, we come in these podcasts to give our personal opinion. You know, at the end of the day, we're all happy we didn't lose. We didn't think we played well, but you know, to score a 90th minute equaliser, that would have that would have really been a kick in the teeth for Man City, who who had defended you know quite well. Irrelevant on the fact that we didn't actually do enough to to put them under more pressure. Uh, they actually defended well, so they would have been absolutely gutted about that. Not only were upset about the two sendings off for for just scoring the 95th minute, and to nearly actually score again. Uh, yeah, they would have been fuming. Yeah, it was that sort of Chelsea and England special Harry where Mini Bright becomes a striker. Um, for me, it doesn't make sense when you're playing against nine players because you don't need to pump the ball forward. Uh, you need to pass it quickly. Uh, but it was her header, which was well saved by Keaton. Uh, you know, just that Chelsea thing, isn't it? You know, even when it looks like it's not going to happen, 
you know, it probably will. And then Sam Kerr could have gone on and, and won the game for us, which would have been unfair. Yeah, I think if um said it's, it's it's the Chelsea way. I mean, sometimes it doesn't happen, but a lot of the times when we're chasing the goal, you know, just look at last season, Sam Kerr against Liverpool, Sam Kerr against Arsenal. And the Liverpool one was fresh in my mind on Sunday because there was a chance. I think I think it was Millie Bright hit the bar and there was a rebound that Sam Kerr got on to the end of but didn't finish. And it was that exact chance that she scored against Liverpool. So for me, that was like the the key example of how she wasn't fit. But, you know, also had, but, you know, it wasn't Kerr this time, it was Wrighton and she didn't have the best game. But how many times has Wrighton, how, did she did she carry us last season? You know, how many games did we win? How many points did we get just because of how right, like how vital Wrighton was? And it really bailed us out. Um, you hope we don't have to get like get to that stage in, in other games, but it is nice to have a player to rely on. Yeah, I mean, then we spoke about poor performances and you know, disappointing showings, but we have sort of been heavy to mention, you know, that fitness has played a huge part in that. You know, do you think it's just, you know, getting that fitness up because pre-season was a total waste this year because of the World Cup? And in a few weeks, everyone will sort of be at the right level. Sister me or Simon? You, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, well, absolutely. As you know, as, as I've probably said three or four times, unfit players starting, unfit players coming on, you know, but the only way they're going to get fit is by actually playing games, you know, they're not just going to miraculously be fit by, by keep on training, you know, it, it takes training and it takes, uh, you know, the more minutes under their belt in these games, you know, a couple of, a couple of cup games, you know, a couple of maybe lesser opposition will really help us. And if you think as well, the players we still got to come in, like, Katarina, uh, potentially Buchanan. I don't know what, what's what's up with her. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's nothing to be so optimistic about this season. Aaron, you know, with uh, Emma must have seen something on that on, on in the week to think, you know, what she's ready and she can perform. You know, that's what she gets paid the big money for. Uh, whether she still believes that was the correct decision or not, we'll never know. Uh, we give our opinion. She's got her opinion. As you rightly say, that's why they won the Premier the League so many times in a row and, and, and you, Dean, haven't managed anyone to any league titles. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, yeah, games, minutes under belts and it'll be, you know, interesting to see, you know, the form, you know, who who who's the early favourites, who's getting in that team come like three, four, five games time. Oh, I think Man United just conceded. Oh, yeah, I was just literally checking that about two minutes ago. It was nil-nil, wasn't it? Discord, loads of messages from Discord just come through. Like, loads of yeses. I know that means that something bad's happened to Man United. Yeah, they have, yeah. Chowinga has scored for PSG. Lovely stuff. Um, so, Simon, when we Chelsea play, I do a player of the match poll, and then we get our player of the match. Um, but for this game, I couldn't think of four players to put in the poll. Because I don't think there was four players that played well. Um, no. You know, one player that sort of stands out to me, and I know you're a huge fan of her, uh, was Jess Carter. And, you know, one moment in particular stood out, and that was that 1v1 she had with, with Chloe Kelly, where she looked like she'd lost out, managed to get back and won the ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And I think that moment encapsulates how much she's improved in the last two to three seasons and the level she's at now, where she's the starting centre-back for England and Chelsea alongside the captain, Millie Bright. I think she's the only one that could probably come out of that game and say, you know what, you know, I've actually played well today. She was, yeah. And I, and I, I don't know why she didn't play uh, um, whatever, left-back or right-back. Because the game she's had previously with Kelly and Hemp, she's had them in her pocket. And that tackle was sensational. She is. She's fantastic. Somebody that didn't start last season to get herself back into the position that she's got herself back into. We say starting for England, one of the stars of the World Cup as well. And sort of being starter for Chelsea for those two games, she's fantastic. She really, really is. Just, yeah, I do. I love her to bits, yeah. Yeah, well, she was playing the match with 100% of the vote. Um, yeah, good, vote good. So she should uh, be. Right in the script. Um, I think the, got... the club gave it to Royston, didn't they, for scoring the goal? Is that right? They would do, though, wouldn't they? Because they're like yeah. that. Yeah. No matter what they do. She could have killed someone and then scored and they give her a player of the match. Because yeah. um, <laughs> that's the easy way out. None of that on this show. Um, and on that note, a question before we go. To all of you, I'll go around and I'll start with you, Dane. Great. Point gain or two points dropped? Well, if, as I said earlier on, over an hour ago, initially, sorry? You can't say both. No, initially, I would have taken one point. I would have taken a draw before the game started. Uh, and I know how hard it is to play against 10 men and nine men. And I'm probably going to contradict myself because a, a team of Chelsea's calibre, you would ex- be expecting to be a nine player of Man City. Uh, so that is a hard question to answer. Uh, can I be a sheep and see what the others say first? I'll let you off. I, I think, no, okay, no, I think, I, no, I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I initially wanted. I, I wanted to draw it. I, I, I think it was a chance missed, yes. So it's a bit of a contradiction, but I, I, then it would be, you know, I'd be completely forgetting what I wanted at the beginning of the game. So I've got to forget that and just say, yeah, I was, I'd been happy with a draw, as long as we didn't lose up there. Yeah, so a point gain for Dane. Uh, Harry, a point gain? Or it's a point more than last season there, remember. So. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I know Emma said after the game that it was a bit of both a, a point gained and two dropped, but I think based on the loss last season, how poor we are away to Man City. Um, the fact that we had lost, I think, our last two first away games of the season. We haven't won in fo- in our last six. I'm saying this off the top, off the top of my head, even though I, I know I've written it down somewhere. I just can't pop to get up at the minute. So I've got another stat loaded. Um, yeah, based on the context of the game, forget. If you look at it on paper... You might paper alone. You might just say two points dropped, but the context of the match is definitely a point gained, especially when um, I tweeted this at halftime. I got a couple of oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> Boy, so shut it, up. It's, it's now forty-one times we've been behind at halftime under Emma Hayes, and this was just the thirteenth time we haven't lost. Oof. So great stuff. 20, Twenty-eight defeats. Um, I spent my half time looking up that stat and researching it. Um, 
So got to take that as a positive. You know, it's not weren't the 29th defeat. We got to take it. Simon, what uh, what side of the fence you on? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, point gains. I said when we go to Man United in the last game of the season, and we've won the league by a point, we'll look back on that game and Harry Wrighton and the referee on our shoulders. So yeah, point gained. I still think we were shit and we lost two points. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You like being controversial. That's your problem. Well, you've got over an hour with an extra player and. Oh no, I get it. I was very close to saying. I was very close to saying two points dropped, but as you, you got some glass, I hope we don't have to play there again this season, whether it be obviously in the cup or something. I'm just glad to get that bloody that game over and done with away so early on and not to lose. We're a better team though. I think we go there with the mentality that it's going to be so tough. I, yeah, I think we're better to have a better squad, better team. Yeah, we. Yeah, I get it. It's frustrating sometimes watching, even though we shouldn't. They've given us so much joy over the over the last for, for, for quite a few seasons. Uh, not a lot, just the last few seasons. It, it it can be quite frustrating, which makes us sound a little bit spoiled. But you know, yeah, we didn't lose. I'll take I'll say that then. Let's end it on a positive note. Um, and there's one more point than last season. Uh, there we go. Uh, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, huge thank you to. Uh, the the Google the panel the panel tonight, uh, Dan. Good to see you, even though you're yawning. A bit rude, but good to see you again. Yeah, it was nice. I thought I was going to be we was going back in it last week, but you pimped me out to the uh, to the Chelsea fancast men's because they were struggling. So I must make this season's debut today. Yeah, with Harry and Simon, and I suppose it is nice to see you again. Yeah, thank you. Checks in the post, Harry. Good to see you again. Hopefully, not too long before you you come back. Uh, armed with the stats. Yeah, I'd like to caveat at the start. I said I'm a busy man. I'm not. That's not being arrogant. I just have a, I have a job. I work evenings. You know, when you work in football, Champions League on, you work evenings. That, that's that's what I meant by busy. Just want to caveat. You should work for <laughs> Arsenal because they don't have any Champions League evenings. <laughs> All three every Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> Simon, it's, it's always a pleasure to see you, Simon. Whether at the games or on Zoom. I'll, I'll yeah, sorry about Saturday. the uh, sorry about the early mix-up, and yeah, look forward to it Saturday evening. Good, yeah, finished work straight there. Perfect. Yeah, hopefully, like Simon Chelsea will deliver uh, on Saturday. Very good, very good. He's a postman. That's a good one. Come on, give me yeah. nothing. nothing. Uh, now, remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at Mokey's Meadow, uh, Instagram at. Went to Mokey's Meadow. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Demirs. Dane is at Dwit9. Simon is at Kingman Simon. And Harry is at Harry Edwards16. Uh, we'll be back next week on Monday instead of the usual Tuesday. Joined by Serena Chong and Owen Armstrong for the West Ham match review show. So make sure you look out for that on Monday. Uh, and if you love what we do and want to support the show, you can sign up to become a Patreon Seamsink holder for £5 a month. And that helps the show continue producing the content that you love. Uh, in return, you get a PDF copy of King Meadow Chronicle and you get a podcast before anyone else when I put it on there. Uh, so, and a sticker as well, apparently. I haven't got a sticker. I haven't got one either. It's my Patreon. But yeah, apparently you can get a sticker. There you go. You can go to patreon.com forward slash went to Kings Meadow for that. 
Well, thanks for listening, and until next time from King's Mode's Wembley, keep the blue flag flying. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.